All right, Chalk Nation, what's going on? And welcome to the first ever Real Chalk podcast. So now CrossFit Chalk is going to bring you a weekly podcast. And the reason why we're doing this is we just want to find another way to give you a little bit of insight on our operations and also share our thoughts and views on the fitness world and beyond. So in this first episode, Ryan and I sat down and we kind of wanted to chronicle his like life and the beginnings of CrossFit Chalk a little bit just for those of you who don't know his story and don't know the story of the gym. Uh, I think there were some really cool insights, even some stuff that I didn't even know about. And it just shows you a little bit more about the person that Ryan is and also why his gym is so successful and where it all started. So since we're new, uh, please make sure after you get done listening, subscribe to the podcast, leave us a comment and definitely tell all your friends how awesome this podcast is all right have fun all right here we go going all right you know i just wanted to sit down um with our first podcast and kind of give it like a little bit of background about you about the gym about like things you've gone through to get to where you are now right so i think the best way to do this we'll just start chronologically so wherever you want to start um with the story just go ahead and jump right in and then we'll go from there all right cool so um I think that my my story is pretty interesting just because of the way everything started and just kind of the way everything ended as well. But um, I think it's important to note that like the first thing I did straight out of high school was I uh, I really wanted to move as far away from home as possible because I lived in New Jersey. Um, come from a big family and uh, everybody just tended to stay in New Jersey and they never really wanted to go anywhere or really uh, broaden their horizons like at least outside of the state. So. First thing I wanted to do was move as far away as possible, so I went to Hawaii. I think that was a pretty solid choice. <laughs> pretty far. <laughs> um, and then um, I went to school out there, um, went to helicopter school first, I thought I wanted to be a pilot. It's kind of big reason um, I moved out there, that was pretty much, I thought that would be the coolest place to learn how to fly, and it was. Uh, and then I decided I wanted to go back to school and get my degree. A series of events happened, and I wound up... Uh, being in Utah and then when I was in Utah I trained uh, on the Olympic development team for a sport called skeleton which is head first on the bobsled track and then eventually a couple years later just wound up doing bobsled um, and during that time I was working as a gym attendant at a gym called Basin Recreation Fieldhouse in Park City Utah while I was there I do remember seeing this guy like clear as day in my mind right now uh, he would be doing all these strange workouts, running around. We had a little indoor turf. He'd be running around with kettlebells in his hands, doing farmer carries, which I had never even seen before. Um, be doing, you know, these weird-looking pull-ups, look like he was having a seizure type of thing. <laughs> um, just a lot of strange things that you just weren't really used to seeing, and I don't think anybody in the gym was. That person today is Chris Spieler. <laughs> he uh, gave me my first dose of CrossFit when he offered me 500 bucks to see if I could beat his friend time. Which I didn't know what Fran was, uh, but he, sh- he told me what it was, and I was like, "All right, yeah, I can do that for sure." His time at the time was two o two, and uh, I did my first Fran to try to win five hundred bucks, and I did it in four, like four forty something. And as soon as I was over, as soon as it was done, I remember literally projectile vomiting, probably about like ten feet, like just massive amounts of food (laughs) probably everything I had eaten from Monday to Friday just flying out Um, I also remember like having 
these like T-Rex arms where my hands were like trying to touch my forearms. And I couldn't even open a bottle of water to even drink it. I remember asking an old lady in the gym to open my Gatorade so I could drink some. And it just, it went on for like 35, 45 minutes, just ridiculous drama case. And then um, I was like, man, I'm never going to do that again. (laughs) And then from there... I think that's um, how everybody feels. Yeah. After the first time doing friends. It was insane. I could not believe how bad it felt. And I was like, I'm never going to do that again. And then like two weeks later, I was like, I want that $500. So I tried it again. <laughs> Same thing happened. Projectile vomited. Took like 30 seconds off. Um, and then like a week later, I did it again. Uh, I did oh it three God. times. And it was the, that was my first workout was Fran all three times. Probably had a small case of rhabdo. Uh, <laughs> definitely would not be surprised. And then from there... Um, I remember I moved down to Salt Lake City to uh, do a little bit more school for my last year, my senior year, and a couple people were telling me to try CrossFit out, and there's a gym down there called Ute CrossFit, and I remember my first day walking in there, uh, and there's Tommy Hackenbrook, who I had no idea who he was either, and I remember just walking in, and uh, he's like, all right, we're going to do a little baseline workout. It's 500 meter row, 40 air squats, 30 sit-ups, 20 push-ups, 10 pull-ups. Yeah. I'd never even been on a rower before. Hopped on, did the workout. Um, you know, it was like three minutes. I don't know. It was like really, really fast. Finished the whole thing really quick. Did strict pull-ups too. And I remember Tommy just looking at me, just like salivating. <laughs> and he's just like, and he's just like all pumped up. And I and I didn't even know if it was good. I was like, is that score good? And he just like points up to the leaderboard. And uh, my time was like, it was, he had first place. It was either like equal to like what he got or like. A couple seconds off of it, uh-huh. plus or minus, I can't remember. And then um, from there, I remember telling him, I was like, I really want to do this, but it's really expensive. And he's like, don't even worry about it pretty much. He's like, just work out with me when I work out in the middle of the day. I need someone to work out with, and I think you'd be great. And I was like, oh, I don't even I don't even really like want to get good at this. I just want to do it for fun. And yeah, I just, just want to work out. Yeah, and then yeah. just turn into uh, me like really, really getting into it. I think literally... After I stepped in his gym, maybe three months later, I went to regionals, something like that. Uh-huh. Um, 2011, that was, and that was my first regional. I was really, really excited for it. I had no idea what I was doing. Didn't even know they announced the workouts, so I was just doing random stuff the whole time. Oh, like, shit. I think I got like 14th place or something, but everyone thought I was going to for sure get top three. I just, I let everybody down, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was my first experience with CrossFit. That'd be like pretty much the whole start of it and then um i wound up moving to california and then when i moved to california i primarily moved out here from a job i found on craigslist which was in san diego uh managing and making the workouts and just pretty much doing everything for a gym in san diego mm-hmm. i was super excited about it and the people who owned it were really excited to have me come out uh, they were spending more money like hourly than they wanted to but it, i had I had to get that to, to live there, so I didn't have any other means of income. But after a few months, it just like really wasn't for me. We had our, uh, me and the, the owner had our own disagreements, and basically I just, I wasn't really happy there anymore. And I was doing really well, like as far as just like being an athlete. I thought a lot of people kind of knew who I was, so I thought it would be cool for me to just quit and go look for a job somewhere else. So this was being a CrossFit athlete this time, right? Yeah, like I wasn't. So you gave up bobsled then? Well, somewhere in that time period, I went back to school because I thought I was going to go into the military as a pilot. Yeah. So I had to finish school. And then once I finished school, um, 
I was like getting really into CrossFit, so I wanted to try the CrossFit thing out. And then um, throughout that time, I found um, this job opportunity, and I moved out there. Gotcha. And I was like, oh, it'd be so cool to live in California. Like, who doesn't want to live in California at some point in your life? Right. If you're not from California, I feel like you saw something on TV at some point, whether you live in Croatia or you live in Delaware. Yeah. Like, you're like, California looks so rad. It's like this fantasy land. Yeah, and yeah. it is. And, and, and it, is, it is cool. Um, and I'm happy I did it. And then um, from there, I was like, I'm done. Screw it. I'm quitting. And I'm gonna go get another job, and I'm gonna be totally fine. It's not gonna be a big deal. Come to find out, getting a job in California is really hard. <laughs> so <laughs> I quit, and then I didn't. I could not find a job for months and months and months and months. Was that just a job, like in the CrossFit field, or just a job in general? Um, just a job in general. Like I had this like Olympic team uh, experience. Yeah. I had my college degree, which I got a college degree in um, kinesiology, and then I had another minor in nutrition. Uh, I had really good grades, um, all this great stuff. Like when I was a kid, I was like a BMX, like world champion, like just crazy stuff. Like I was a really motivated person my whole life. And I had gone out and got a ton of different CrossFit certs, weightlifting certifications. Um, I held the state record in the clean and jerk and the snatch in three different weight classes in Utah. What? As a, as a college, um, college weightlifting athlete. Um, went to collegiate nationals and got third. My senior year of college. I had no idea. And then, um, so I started as a 77 kilo, and I went to an 85 and, an, and a 94. Well, actually, it was the opposite. I was 94, and then 85, and, and then 77. Cutting. Yeah, because once I started CrossFit, I was getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Um, so I had all this crazy experience, and then every time I would just give my resume to someone, um, whether it's, you know, CrossFit Invictus I gave it to, or CrossFit Pacific Beach, which is now San Diego Athletics. Mm -hmm. All these people were like, we only hire from within. We don't hire anybody that we don't know. Yep. And I remember that just kept going and going and going. Everyone was kind of pretty much saying the same thing. They didn't Which I feel know like me. still nowadays it's like in a lot of CrossFit gyms, like that's the way it kind of goes. It's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know, this is Yaya. He actually works for me now. Yep. Um, and I remember the first time I met him, I it was it was hard. Like I was like, Ugh. like once you hire somebody, it's it's taking a family member into your life yeah. you know what I mean so you gotta make sure you pick the right person especially as a coach like you have such a big impact on just like the community and like how your gym runs and feels yeah. so like if you hire the wrong people for that they can totally fuck up the whole you, thing just gets built. gets messed up so yeah. you know these people who own these gyms and they have like this weird attitude about them and yeah. the whole gym is weird yeah, exactly. you walk in there and it's just weird vibes. yeah it's just so yeah. strange um, that person does not belong owning a gym that's for another podcast all together yeah. um, where are we at uh, you are in San Diego. You just quit. You're trying to find a new job. Okay, yeah. So I did get one email back from CrossFit Pacific Beach, and they were like, dude, we don't have a job for you, but you're totally welcome to come out here and throw some weights around. You sound like a badass dude, so let's 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 hang out. All right. So I went there, met these guys, worked out. They like really liked me a lot, so I pretty much wound up hanging around their gym for three or four months trying to look for a job. I went to every college in town asking to see if I could be a strength conditioning coach. Um, all I really wanted was either housing or a food allowance or something. Yeah. I actually wound up getting two internships, one at Notre Dame and one at Stanford. Oh, shit. Online from uh -huh. ones that I applied for. And they both were completely unpaid. No yeah. food, no yeah. housing, no nothing. I had to turn them down. It was like shit. the saddest moment of my life getting 
accepted to Notre Dame for mm-hmm. strength conditioning, and then I couldn't go. It was mind-blowing. Um, so I pretty much got to the point where I was going to have to drive back home to New Jersey. That's where I'm from. My mom's like, just pack all your shit. Let's go home or come home, and I'll help you like go back to school, and maybe you can get a cool job, like something with like um, – what, what do they call it? Like when your your job is like really, uh, I forget what you call it. Like, like like a nine to five, like a standard. Yeah, but there's like a there's a name for it. Like you never lose your job. Security, like oh, yeah. job security. Like get a job security. solid job security job, yeah. right? So, like, be like a nurse or a doctor or something, right? And I'm like, oh man. So like, I actually looked into the nursing route. And I looked into like physician assistant, and I was mm-hmm. applying to schools, and it didn't sound like a terrible idea. But there was just something about, like, I had always been fit my whole life. I'd always been into fitness. I'd always done something fitness-related. And I just felt like something was going to work out for me. I didn't know what it was, but I just knew that, like, there wasn't a lot of people like me. And I wasn't like everybody else where, like, everything's going to work out. And, like, you know, I'm like an idiot. But, like, I knew that, like, something was going to be okay. So, um... Well, you told me, too, that your mom kind (laughs) of said it as an ultimatum that you, like, had to stop doing CrossFit if you, like, moved back home, right? Like, she said, like, that whole, like... She said I have to stop doing CrossFit, but, like, you gotta, you know, get your life together. Get a real job. Get a real job. Yeah. Which, as she should, as a mother, that's what you should do. Yeah. She'd be like, you know, get your life together. It's time to go. Um, I just couldn't accept it. So, I stayed, and I remember, this is, like, super embarrassing, but, I mean, it is what it is. I had, like, $200 for, like, probably, like, three months. Well, I lost my apartment, right? So I had to move out of my apartment. And before I was going to drive home, one of the members of the gym, San Diego Athletics, was like, you can stay on my couch for as long as you need until you find a job. And I was like, all right, hopefully that's not that long. I originally said no, and then I wound up doing it. I barely even knew this person. I think I talked to her like twice maybe my whole life. And then I moved in, um, slept on the couch for a few months, um, and during that time, I was still just working out in the gym as hard as I could. I was setting records that were, like, beating a lot of these CrossFit Games athletes on CrossFit.com. Like, at the time, like, CrossFit.com was huge. And um, I remember this big event uh, w- was coming out called the OC Throwdown. It wound up being, like, literally as big as the CrossFit Games. Like, all these CrossFit athletes came out. They were all getting announced, like, so-and-so is coming, so-and-so is coming. Like, $10,000. Like, all this crazy stuff. Uh-huh. Online qualifiers, 20 bucks. The people in the gym signed me up. I did the online qualifiers. It was three online qualifiers, and I won two out of the three. Right. Two out of the three workouts, I got a hundred bucks, so they gave me some extra money. Right. Um, but during that time, that I had the two hundred dollars. I was actually going to the food store and just like stealing all of my food for months. Like I stole everything because I just didn't have any money. Um, I'm surprised like no one even asked me like where are you even getting food from like it's right I guess they just assumed I had some money saved up but I didn't have anything when I got that $200 I was so pumped <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. Um, and then from there uh, the OC throwdown was going to go down and I remember just being like getting an invitation it was $125 to sign up and I was like oh my god I cannot spend all my money on this uh, I got a phone call from the director of the OC throwdown <clears throat> and he's like hey man like I noticed that you you won the op- you won our online competition, and no one's heard of you before. They all want to see you, and you yeah. didn't even sign up. And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I can't." And I was like, "I just don't have the money for it." And he's like, "All right, well, how about I offer you like fifty percent off, like seventy five bucks or, or or whatever it was?" Yeah. And I was like, "Ah, uh, I was like, 
that's making it a lot more enticing. I just lit, like I'm so embarrassed to tell you this, but I'm like kind of like sleeping on someone's couch and I don't like have anything. If you actually look at my old YouTube videos for me doing the uh, 2012 OC Throwdown, I don't even have shoes on in any of my videos. Really? They're still on YouTube now. You guys can look them up. You did the whole thing barefoot? I did every workout barefoot because I had one pair of shoes and I loved them so much that I didn't want to ruin them. So every time I'd work out, I'd work out barefoot. Love it. So uh, that's like true poor to its extent. Um, so he's like, you know what, dude? Uh, sounds like you need some help. So you can just go ahead and come. If you win, you can pay me back. And I said, all right, cool. So that was my first big competition. And I went and I got second place. In this huge competition, I beat all these CrossFit Games athletes that, that like, I literally would look up to on the daily and be, like, freaking out over their videos, you know? I was, like, total nerd alert. Even just, like, seeing them next to me at the competitions, I was like, this is insane. Like, total This is right? insane. Yeah. Um, Nate Schrader, Blair Morrison. These guys were big time. Like, they were top. Blair Morrison, I think, got third of the games that year. Uh-huh. Um, the only person who beat me, funny enough, was Tommy Hackerbrook. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, it was funny to see him again, and then I got second, and he got first. Um, They did have a little skew in the points, and they did find out later on that I I may have actually won, but they they didn't really want to say say anything. But uh, I did really well in the competition, basically. Oh, yeah, the big OC throwdown controversy. So, from there, um, I wound up getting a job, and I got sponsored by Progenics, and I got sponsored by some clothing brands, and, like, my life was just, like, coming together. It was crazy. So, um... Yeah, just like everything changed at that moment. Go back a little bit, maybe like a month before that, I'm at my lowest of my low. I think this is like probably everybody's favorite highlight story of this whole thing is um, the people who know me at least who know my story. I remember working out in San Diego Athletics, Garnet Avenue in San Diego, for those of you who know who that, where that is, and I'm working out and this, uh, this guy walks by and he sees me working out and he's like, good God, like... You have such a good body, I can make you a lot of money. And I was like, let's do it. Sure. I don't yeah. know what it is, but I'm in. Uh-uh. Um, and he's like, well. Just got to sell your body. You just got you to sell that thing, you know. <laughs> and uh, basically, I, I hire people to work at this gay bar. And you're going oh. you're gonna, you're gonna to walk around like with no shirt on. And basically, we're going to train you to do dances and stuff on stage. Uh-huh. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I have, to, I have to do it. I have no choice. Yep. Yeah. So, um, this is so embarrassing, but I had to go to this guy's office. He, he's a guy. Oh my God. But he he performs as a woman. He's like a drag queen. Oh my God. So he's full woman outfit. When I get there, I'm like, (laughs) and he says hi. And I'm like, holy crap. It's a girl, you know, like what's going on? And he just kind of like tells me what he does. Like, well, I perform as a woman and blah, blah, blah. He's super gay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, monster. So he starts telling me, he starts, he brings me upstairs, like this little dance room. He starts showing me these little dances and stuff. And I have to like do these dances. And then there's like a part where it's like super sexual, like weird movements. And like he's sitting in a chair and he wants me to do it on the chair because I'm going to have to do that to a guy. This is like the casting couch thing. I literally could not get over. I was like, oh my God, I'm full on gay right now. (laughs) And I just, I'm going to accept it. I'm going to own it. I fucking gave the shit out of that guy. <laughs> you know, oh like, I went over, did this ridiculous dance and like, fucking drizzling my finger down my fucking mouth. It's like <laughs> so ridiculous, so degrading. Now that's the fucking video we gotta get our hands on. <laughs> there actually is one on Facebook. Oh, like I, hell yeah. I got drunk on 
a New Year's and everybody from San Diego Athletics was like, we got to see the dance because they heard the about it, right? Yeah. And I did the dance and everybody, like you can hear them in the background, they're all like, we can't unsee this. Yeah. It'll never happen. And I just remember just being like, oh God. I went out to the bar that night and I was doing the dance on all the girls and they loved it. It was hysterical. Uh, I, I learned how to be 10% gay that day. Awesome. Um, embrace it. I do embrace it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Literally, by the time I was done learning all the things I had to do to go work in this gay bar, the OC throwdown had come out, and I was literally going to go do my first gig, and I blew up from the competition. And from blowing up from the competition, I never had to go do that. So, yeah. like, when that was, when, when it was all over, like, all my friends were like, dude, I cannot believe you didn't have to go. Know, like, this is so crazy. Last and, second <laughs> fucking lifesaver. Yeah, it just totally saved me. So Damn. then, um,. My next job was working for Ronnie Teasdale in Los Angeles, which mm-hmm. I think everybody knows him. And uh, super interesting working for him. Um, I learned a lot. I coached as many classes as I possibly could. That was like my jam. I was no matter, no matter what, I'm gonna coach as many classes as I can. I want to make sure that I have enough money that no matter what, like if anything ever happens to me, I have like enough money saved where I can be okay for like a few months. That was my goal. Yeah, which should be able to go. That's a good like, yeah kind of rule of thumb to have. Um, so from there, um, I wound up going to a couple local competitions and I met Kenny Leverich and he was always like, dude, you gotta come out to Newport, come work out with me. So I came and worked out with him a few times and I was like, Newport's freaking awesome. Like, this is what I thought California was like Newport exactly. beach. Totally. Um, it was really cool. I hated Los Angeles with a passion. So I just wanted to get out of there. So I moved out to, um, Newport beach. Uh, Kenny and I shacked up roommates together Um, and then from there I was training a bunch of people coaching a bunch of classes and the one of the guys I was training basically was like you know like what do you want to do with your life and I was like oh I think I'm pretty happy just the way it is right now like I've got a bunch of personal clients going and I coach a bunch of classes and I'm making more money than I've ever ever made so I'm cool and he's like well what do you think about owning a gym and I was like oh well people have asked me that a few times it's just like not really into it there's a lot of gyms around it's just not something I'm really interested in doing and then um, what year is this would you say 2013 to 14 range alright so CrossFit like especially in SoCal was already like blown up like there were gyms yeah, it's, everywhere well, it's 2013 now too and I just got fourth at regionals mm-hmm. and Kenny got third mm-hmm. um, I missed it by like one point yeah uh, Jeremy Kinnick it was like his third time going to the games that year he like Caught a 225 snatch on his knees and stood it up. All I needed for him to do was just drop it, and yeah. I would have went to the games. It was just so disheartening. But um, yeah, like we were Kenny and I were both like huge names, and we were both going to the same gym. It was nuts. Like everybody was so CrossFit crazy at that time. Like everybody wanted to work out at, at the gym that we were working at, Orange Coast CrossFit, because like we had two game like yeah. games, freaking level athletes there. It was just so rad. Um, and then from there, um, the guy that I was training. Happened to be like one of the original people like making MySpace. So he was like, you know, got a good budget for you to use yeah. to uh, have, have a really cool space. And I remember going down to Los Angeles and working out with some friends down there. And I'm like, this is like the first time I'd ever seen like a really nice gym. And I remember being up here and I was like, it, it would be so nice if we had a super nice gym up here. Because like even when I wanted to get out of Orange Coast mm-hmm. to go work out somewhere else, everybody knows what it's like when you're working out in your own gym. Like... People are talking to you. You get like 
um, distracted by like just the tiniest things. Like totally. even now, like for me, like I'll hear the phone ring and I can't work out anymore because I want to go answer it. Or like I'll be riding the assault bike and like a bolt will be janky and I'm like, I just want to fix it right now. I can't even finish right, the workout because right. it's yeah. my bike. Uh, but you're somewhere else and it just doesn't matter. Yeah. And I remember just, you know, going to different gyms and I was like, man, everything around here just kind of sucks. No one's really doing it right. And like, it's just like really bothering me. I told that guy, I was like, you know what, let's just, let's just do it. What we're going to do is we're just going to make it as so insane that like when you walk in, like there's no chance that you'll go anywhere else. Because you're not going to love it. <clears throat> what do you think the biggest problem was, was uh, back then with like all the other gyms that you saw? Like if you had to like pinpoint into like one thing. Well, like even like myself and Kenny, like we were so freaking poor, you know, like we were these great athletes and we worked super hard. We were getting like $20, 25 bucks a class at most and... Then you get taxed on it if you don't get some sketchy tax guy to help you out. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, I mean, I heard it, uh, some girl just came down to my gym just for the CrossFit Games this year, 2017, and she was telling me that Reebok gives her $3,000 a year. I was like, back then it was like 500 bucks you're sponsored by Reebok because yeah. we got for the year. Like, you didn't make any money. Right. And uh, so, you know, a lot of these, a lot of your trainers, they're like constantly looking for a different job. Like they're constantly looking for something else. To support themselves. Yeah, to support themselves. So yeah. you don't have anybody who's like 100% in. So mm-hmm. you really got to like try to pay them as much as you can. That's like really, really important. Um, and keeping the gym clean. Everyone thinks that like CrossFit's just dirty and gnarly and this and that. And like it can be and it is, but nobody actually wants to spend $200 and walk into a disgusting gym. Right. Like, I remember, that was, like, the hardest part for me when I was trying to sell memberships when I used to work there, is uh, people would walk in, and they'd be like, how much is it? I'd say it's 189 yep. They'd look around, and they'd be like, for what? <laughs> you know? And, like, I had to sit there and sell it to them. Mm-hmm. But, like, my goal was, like, you walk in my gym, and I say the price, and you're like, okay. Makes sense. You know? Like, even if you, like, you have kind of, like, a small idea of what's going to go on in there, you realize it's, like, class-based, there's a bunch of nice equipment, everything looks real shiny, and it's clean. And it helps that initial conversation. Yeah. I think that's really, really important. Okay. Um, I think another thing too is just uh, having everybody on the same page is like is like a huge thing. Like all of my trainers know to have a super like interactive warm up. Like you're sitting there interacting with people. I had someone just come over the, I think it's Thursday or Friday. Um, and whoever was coaching, like the, the, someone came up to me who was new and they're like, dude, I love how... Um, hands on the coaches are for the warm up. Yeah. I'm like, well, where are, where'd you come from? Like, yeah. you know? And he's like, well, my job, yeah, they just kind of like, you kind of just do your own thing for 15 minutes. I was like, what? Uh-huh. Like, what does the coach realistically do? Because even when the workout starts, like, there's, you know, coaches are really smart and they're coming over and they're telling you all sorts of cues that takes a lot of experience. But I feel like the majority of that person's personality and the way that they coach is really coming out in the warm up and like, because it's not as serious yet and you have more yeah and everyone's like everyone's paying attention like yeah i don't give a shit what you say in the middle of a 10 minute workout Mm -hmm. i don't hear it or like if i do hear it it's i'm not respecting you for it it's just like oh thanks cool and i just keep going you know but like you do a nice warm-up and you're talking about like why you're doing this in the warm-up and you joke around with them let them know that like you're friends with them and that this is going to be a great time and stuff like that's like the most important part of the experience Mm -hmm. i think a lot of gyms out there now um whether it's Orange Theory or something that does like a boot camp style thing, there's 50% of those people there, honestly, they're just there for good music and like a good time. Yeah. The other like 40% are there to see friends. Uh, the other like 
five percent is like a mixture of both maybe mm-hmm. and the other like 1.3 percent is like to get a badass workout in and just stare someone down yeah. like you're the enemy yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know so like exactly. it's just such a small amount of people that are really into that and i think um one of the big things that the gym that i used to work at orange coast i think like one of their big flaws was the fact that they really really catered to the athletes which i thought was so cool at the time like the real like serious like i'm going this, to the game like me and kenny athletes yeah like he actually, the owner actually went as far as to open a second gym and call it an elite gym. And it was like co- competitors only, mm-hmm. like a whole new gym. Like he spent like sixty grand on equipment and it rented a whole other space, and you can only go there if you're like a badass, which I thought was so cool. Yeah. But like, as an athlete, it's cool thing ever. As a business, he lost everything I almost after yep. that. So um, I think a lot of people what they they miss out on is training the guy that's like very average. Mm-hmm. And I, and I think at my gym, I do a really good job of having a very average RX and I have a very serious like RX plus yeah. and people pick whichever one, but you don't feel like my gym is RX plus. You don't feel like it's low. The people who do RX plus, they just do it. And the people who don't, they just do and that. And everybody gets the same workout in. Yeah. And everyone's getting the same workout in. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people too, like especially the, the owners, they're not really like really involved with the gym. So they don't really know what the members need. So yeah. like, how could I make a workout? And prescribe an RX if I don't know what the average person in my gym is lifting. How could I program Nate, for instance, two muscle ups, four handstand push ups, eight kettlebell swings, if I know that seventy percent of my gym can't do a muscle up? Can't do muscle up, yeah. Or a handstand push up. Mm-hmm. How depressing is that? You're doing a twenty minute AMRAP of a workout that you can't even do. Two thirds of the movements. Two thirds of the movements. Yeah. It's so embarrassing. Especially if you're a new person, you come in that day, you literally feel like shit the whole yeah, time. Yeah, it really just sucks. Or you do something so scaled that you don't even feel like you got a workout in. Yeah. And that's like, you know, that's like what a lot of gyms are even still doing. They're doing um, really, really strange programming. That's a whole other podcast. Yeah, it is. Yeah. A whole other podcast. Once again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you're at OCF. Um, guy you're training comes up to you. He has a bunch of money, wants to invest and open up a new gym, right? Yeah. So now um, it comes time to look for the space. So we're looking all over the place for a space. I wind up getting this space that's not even available. It's one of his friends, some rich guy who owns this gym. He literally bought it for his personal trainer. Yeah. So they train up. So they work out there like in this private, ridiculous gym. Jesus. It was like the craziest thing ever. I was like, oh my God. There's only a Newport. Yeah. So we offer them some money to take over the space. So not only are we renting it, I had to pay them to leave. Um, we got the space. I literally had like two months to get the name, to get all the equipment in, to do all these ridiculous things, to get everything up and running because that was like my time frame before we had to pay $10,000 a month in rent. Okay. He's like, they gave us a little bit of uh, free rent, like a month and a half or something, um, and then we had to pay like half, and then we were going to full-blown. So I wanted to save expenses. Yeah. So... I remember literally sitting in my gym, Indian style, just in the middle of the floor, just staring at the walls for hours and hours and hours on end. My poor girlfriend at the time wanted to blow her brains out. We never did anything together because all I would do is go to the gym yeah. and it was empty. She'd be like, why are you going to the gym? Take a fucking photo of it and bring it home. <laughs> I'm like, I can't. I have to visualize it. Like anybody who knows me knows that I'm the most, like, so particular person. Yep. Uh, like everything has to be freaking perfect or I'm going to lose my mind. So I... I would travel to every gym I could, 
to see all of the, my favorite things. I looked up photos online of the most successful gyms. I came up with the most ridiculous things in my mind that was going to make my gym successful. As far as looking up colors psychologically that had effects on your brain. Yep. Uh, I picked orange because it's a very community-driven color. People want to hang out. People want to have a good time. It's it's a great color as far as like community goes and what CrossFit represents. Orange is fantastic. Gotcha. Yellow is also another great color that kind of equals that, mm-hmm. except yellow is just it just gets too dirty and I can't handle it. <laughs> Truth be told, my first set of Oli plates, I'm on my second set right now in the gym, the first ones, I got red, blue, green, and the yellows were black. I, I made them black because I'm that particular that the yellow plates couldn't even exist because I didn't even want to see That's how dirty they got. Uh, but anyway... Uh, I picked orange. I actually made myself believe that every gym that I knew that had competition plates was successful. Like I didn't know anybody who had comp- like full competition plates in their gym who wasn't successful, mm-hmm. weren't successful. Um, so I was like, you know what? I, I have to get comp plates. I just have to. I have the money to do it. Yep. Um, I really wanted high temp plates because I think people mentally think that they're lifting so much weight when they have high temps and they feel really, really cool. Yep. But I just didn't know anybody um, that had comp plates that wasn't like super successful. So I was like, I'm That's getting funny. comp plates solely for that reason. So I got comp plates. Um, this is a really great story. The name of the gym, I originally wanted chalk in the beginning. Or I wanted to call it sweat. Or I just wanted to call it uh, uh, diesel. Like Those are like my three names I really, mm-hmm. really liked. There was another one. It was Brute, B-R-U-T with like two dots above the O, it's kind of like a bitter taste type of definition. Okay. But they wouldn't give it to me because they're like, what if you go to the games and it's like, Brute cross it with the E and Brute cross it without the E and then Brute with the two dots on top of the U, yeah. like all like in the same heat. Uh-huh. So I was like, all right, I got it. All right, all right, Fair all right. enough. Yeah, yeah. I went back and forth with Kathy Glassman over the name of my gym for 88 emails. Every email that I sent CrossFit had five names on it. So you wow. go ahead and do the math on that. I... Tried to get five times 88 names. Yeah. Because you could not use your name. You couldn't use the name of your city. You couldn't use, you know, anything anything that was even remotely close to another existing gym. Mm-hmm. I'm like one of the newest gyms in town. Actually, the newest one. And like every single freaking name was taken. And even wanting to have chalk, there was chalk dust, chalk line, chalk bucket, all <laughs> these different other chalks, and they wouldn't give it to me. So I remember just, you know, telling Kathy, I was like, I don't, I don't know what to do anymore. I'm not going to be, I'm not going to affiliate anymore. I'm done. I'm out. Yeah. And they're like, well, you are in Orange County. So, I mean, you could be, um, the founder of Orange County is so-and-so. They found out who the, so- who the person's name was. Okay. And somehow, because it was the founder of Orange County, I could use that name somehow. Huh. They're like, or, you know, orange is like a sweet fruit. What about CrossFit sweet fruit? Oh my God. And I remember literally emailing Kathy back and I was like, I'm opening a gym that costs near a million dollars, and you want me to put sweet fruit on the sign. What if CrossFit goes away, yeah. and my gym is left? I am the sweet fruit gym. You have got to be kidding me. <laughs> I'm out. I want. Don't email me back. I'm over it. I'm opening a gym, and... Unaffiliated. Unaffiliated. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so she writes back, and she's like, well, someone has chalk. They just haven't used it in like a year. Like they never actually opened a gym. So let me see if that's a possibility. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> the first you should have just one. told me that the in the beginning. One, yeah. um, 
So Shirexi back. You can have chalk. Let's do it. Um, and then I was like, all right. So here it is. We got chalk. So I wound up calling it CrossFit Chalk. And I got my name. Um, and then and we opened up shop. And I remember at that time, I was going crazy looking for coaches. And regionals was coming up and all these different things. And... I literally just couldn't find a coach, so I coached all 10 classes every day from 5 a.m. was my first class, 7.45 was the last one. I yep. coached every single one. Um, I had like three clients that I was training that were private, so I was coaching around 15 hours a day, every single day. I was writing the workouts and putting them on the website. I was making the workouts to begin with. I While was, working out for yeah, reasons. Doing all the payroll stuff, doing bank stuff, like getting everything set up. Like I didn't. There was just a ton of work that I wasn't even aware of. Pretty much, like, I'd have a 15-minute break between my PM classes, and I would just do 15-minute workouts. Like, that's what I was doing going into regionals. Yeah. And I still got fifth place that year. Yeah. Which was rad. That's awesome. Um, and then I got my first coach and, and all of that. So, I, I really did get it, got it going really, really, really fast. And it just it's just a lot of work in the beginning. I think a lot of people don't really realize, like, what they're getting themselves into when they open a gym. Yeah. And if mine wasn't as successful as it is now... Or even then, like, I mean, shit, my first day I had 80 members. Uh-huh. That's awesome. First day, I remember, like, uh-huh. packed 6 a.m. class. Like, Unreal. it was nuts. That's awesome. <clears throat> so for anyone out there thinking about opening up their own gym, without, like, getting into, like, building the community and do workouts and stuff yeah. like that, because I think that's, like, that's enough material for, like, another podcast again. Yeah, it is. Um, just in, like, that process of, like, opening it up, right? What's one thing not to do? Well, there's a few things not to do, but uh-huh. like I'll just go like over number one. Like if you think that opening a gym is going to be a profitable thing for you because you think that you can rent this space for like $3,000 a month and you can have 100 members at $200 and you multiply that in your mind as like $40,000. Yeah. Uh, or, or 100 members at $200 is $20,000, right? Yeah. You start thinking about it, and you're like, "All right, I'm gonna make so much money, and it's not even gonna be hard to get 100 members, is there, or it's not gonna be hard to get 200 members." Yeah. And it doesn't even let's say you have a whole bunch of money, like I did, mm-hmm. and you're like, "I'm gonna open this, and I'm gonna do this, and this, and this, and I'm gonna make X amount of dollars." You have to keep in mind that people who go to their gym, whether it's nicer than yours, not as nice as yours, better coaches, worse coaches. They're part of that community and they're probably not going to leave. They're loyal to it. Yeah. yeah. The only people that I really got from other gyms, like down the road, their gyms closed. So like right now we have a bunch of gyms in Orange County that are closing and I'm getting those those members. In the beginning, I got a bunch of people who had followed me as an athlete or they had known me coaching at the other gym that I was at. Um, but that was really it. That was how I got my base people. Yep. But if you're just a really passionate trainer and you think this is something you're going to do to make money, you're out of your mind. <clears throat> I mean, you don't even understand how much, for me, like how much money I spend on toilet paper and chalk. Yeah. It's a four-digit number, by the way. It's not three. That's ridiculous. So, I mean, like there's things like that. I mean, just, yeah, it's it's just nuts. Like Actually, I think I was telling you the other day, like my coaches make literally as much as I do. Yeah. Just about. I just make more money in personal training. Right. And now I've actually opened up memberships worldwide um, that you can sign up for on my website. And it's like 20 bucks a month. And I make money on that. Yeah. But if it wasn't for that, for those little extra things, I'd be just the same as a coach. And for how many hours I put in, it's insane to mm-hmm. think that. Like, 
it's going to pay out for me now, like three, four years later. Right. But it was a, a big, of, big investment, and it was a big, big chance. There's a lot of gyms right now, and it's really hard to say that you're going to be the one that's going to succeed. And a lot of gyms don't even stick around for that long. Yeah, they don't. You know what I mean? Like that three-year mark, so it's like a really big deal. So One of our other coaches, Mike, he said he just went to uh, New York, and the gym was only open for three hours a day. They only no had way. three classes. And what then, the hell? not How only that, that but as soon as he was done, all right, guys, get out. We got to go. Like, you got to go. Holy shit. There's a lot of gyms like that out there. It's just crazy. That is crazy. And I think the CrossFit name's kind of coming down a little bit, and you have to separate yourself in a different way. That's why uh, if you are going to open a gym, I definitely suggest having a name that sounds really cool without the word CrossFit in it mm-hmm. in case anything does happen or you want to change down the road to something else just because you want to. Um, it's cool to have a name that's just like solo. Gotcha. And people can say, and it's catchy, so, and it's cool. Yeah. I know a lot of people were like, man, that's so smart. Like when I opened my gym, do I have a name like that? I mean, there's gyms out there that are called Bacon CrossFit. What do you mean, Bacon Athletics after that? You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) I mean, there's one called in Virginia, like called like Crazy Rabbit CrossFit or something. Like, yeah, sounds cool with the CrossFit, but I mean, there's no name. I mean, there's no names out there. You're, you're, you know, it gets hard, but Crazy Rabbit, Jesus. Well, they definitely got sick and tired of those 88 emails and then it just, oh, just yeah. like, fuck it. No, not me. Crazy rabbit it is. I would have went for another 188 yeah. more. Sweet fruit. CrossFit sweet fruit. CrossFit That's sweet probably fruit. We what should you guys do like, seen. Dude, we should do like a shirt. We should do like a throwback shirt and just put CrossFit sweet fruit on it. That would be That'd funny. That would be kind of sweet. Um, all right. We'll end on this question. It's kind of like a two-headed question. So like okay. attack it however you want. If you would do it all over again, right? starting in like the harbor far back you want to go like moving to San Diego take that job Mm -hmm. right from then to now would you do anything differently or or and if you could talk to your like how long ago was that when you moved to San Diego um 2012 so five years ago Mm -hmm. if you could talk to yourself five years ago right what would be like the one thing you would tell yourself. I think if I could do anything different at mm-hmm. all, I pro oh, shit. I almost want to say that I wish I didn't have that freak out moment in 2013. Yeah. Because after like putting a bullseye on myself as like the fucking crazy CrossFit person. Yeah. I think that like my judging and everything, just like me as an athlete, like I just never really had a fair chance ever since then. If you guys don't know what he's talking about, Google Ryan Fisher freak out uh, <laughs> cross regionals or no and, rep cross and no rep. You're gonna have a <laughs> the time of your life. I promise you. But uh, had I not freaked out, I guess I probably would have had like a little couple. Maybe I think I would have. I would went to the games a few times. Mm-hmm. Even that year, I should have went. Uh, the year before that. I got fourth, and it's just because I literally did not know how to hang clean. Like there was an event that had hang, hang two twenty five hang cleans in it, and that was yep. like, the heaviest thing in the world for me. <laughs> I could power clean it, but I couldn't hang clean it. But I was like in that top five for so long, and then once I had that moment, I just felt like the CrossFit world hated me, which was fine. But mm-hmm. like, I, it just sucks to train that hard and then go to a competition, and then you feel like you're just getting different treatment from everybody else. Yeah. And I, I think that everything would have been a lot different. Like, I would, I would love to have been involved in CrossFit more, been, like, a Reebok athlete, and been, like, you know, like, one of the dudes you see all over their Instagrams and, like, right. promoting it more. And, like, I love CrossFit. Like, it's crazy to me that CrossFit 
could make me look so bad and it's like they don't even know my story like they don't know that like i i gave every single thing i had to stay in this sport mm-hmm. and it changed and your to, life and to make everyone do crossfit make everyone love crossfit and mm-hmm. sleep on couches so that i could give people a really cool gym and my gym's super popular and people i think people have done crossfit just because they either saw me or like saw my gym or saw someone who went to my gym and like right. all that that i gave to them for them to kind of like do what they did is just kind of a bummer. And I don't regret staying in CrossFit. I don't regret opening a gym. I don't regret anything I ever really did. Um, I definitely regret that moment. Yep. Um, I don't know. I feel like I feel like other people have moments like that, though, and they just don't get scrutinized as bad as I did. Yeah. When you're doing a three-minute workout and you fucking lose your mind, <laughs> I just feel like, I feel like that happens a lot. Totally. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Maybe I said the, we've all the fucking thing. tossed a chalk bucket in the gym and shit like yeah. that. For you, I mean, it's just on a bigger scale. So I guess I told the guy I was gonna kill him. Is <laughs> kind of a big deal. <laughs> <laughs> Not supposed to do that. I mean, I wasn't gonna rent the gun and buy the bullet type of thing and really yeah. go for it, but I probably would have hit him with the butt of it. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so. I like that. That's probably it. That's probably it. So yeah. the gay dancing would totally stay. Don't yeah, I that mean, I have a lot of gay followers right now on Instagram, and I feel like cool. There's got there's All some right, gayness man. in me that think that that radiates to them. Yeah, and they, if they want to keep following me and keep supporting me, yeah. I'm cool with it. All right. Um. Yeah, that was fine. It was. Right. I mean, it's one of those scars that you have in the back of your mind that it's just never gonna go away. Totally. Hey, and it's like it's constantly varied. You know, it was mean? super constantly super varied. Constantly varied. <laughs> 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 Ivan, anything else um, you want to add I think that's it I wish we had some questions from other people I should have asked them yeah next time but, uh, next time alright I hope all of you guys out there who uh, who follow me I hope you like my story and if you have any other questions about it I can answer those on social media you can find me at Ryan Fish R-Y-A-N F-I-S-C-H on Instagram um, or you can follow the gym CrossFit Chalk uh, I'll happily answer those questions I think we're going to post this on iTunes iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube, you guys are going to find it anywhere. Yeah. Yep. And then um, just add, any, anything that we missed, just go ahead and ask a question and I'll, and I'll happily answer it. Yep. All right, cool. Sounds good. Right All right, you guys, and thank you for listening. So I hope that was maybe some insight that you didn't know about, some interesting facts, and just shines a new light on the gym itself and Ryan in general. So this podcast is going to come to you weekly, so make sure you follow Ryan on Instagram and all social medias and also follow at CrossFit Chalk um, just to stay in the loop so you guys make sure to not miss an episode. Also, please subscribe, give us thumbs up, five stars, whatever it is. Leave a comment and tell all of your buddies about this. Thanks again and we'll hope to see you next time.